Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. Today's episode is super interesting and full of takeaways for you to enhance your life. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, and our special guest, Veronica Siandre, for an incredible conversation where we discuss navigating 5G to 5D, radiation, shungite crystals, the power of nature, how affirmations can impact you on a cellular level, frequencies, the Schumann resonance, staying healthy when working daily, with electronics, and much more. You will hear Veronica's story and the many tools she utilizes to enhance all aspects of her life. This episode is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Training School. This episode was recorded during one of our special members' events. We invite you to join our online membership program to access yoga classes, meditations, workshops, and all events. Go to nataliequa.com forward slash members hyphen portal and become a member. Check out our show notes for this episode's resources and links. Veronica Siandre is an artist, teacher, healer, and founder of Isola Jewelry, where she creates wearable medicine for mindful souls. After a diagnosis and subsequent self-healing of severe electromagnetic hypersensitivity, Veronica has become a sought-after expert on reversing the effects of exposure to electromagnetic frequencies, EMFs, particularly Wi-Fi, from 3G, 4G, soon to be 5G, using 5D tools. She empowers those that seek her guidance to navigate the rising levels of day-to-day radiation with courage and intention, while clarifying the intersection between EMF exposure symptoms and ascension symptoms. Without further ado, enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast, Veronica. Thank you so much for being here, Veronica Chandre. I think I'm pronouncing it right. How do you like it? Say it, Siandre. Siandre. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. I love our conversations. Um, I've been lucky to have some really great conversations with you. So I was very excited to share you with our teachers who many of you are here right now. Many are teachers, you know, that have trained in our school, really wonderful people and Life on Earth community listeners. So I appreciate it. One of my first questions, and then I want to get a little bit into your story, and I'm going to share your bio too on our show notes, and I've got some questions here for you today, but why 5G to 5D? Why don't we start there? (laughs) 5G to 5D, yeah, we're starting sort of in the middle end here. A number of years when I had to figure out how to navigate 3G and 4G, it turns out the tools were actually 5D tools. And even though 5G wasn't here yet, nor was it on the horizon, the tools that I used are really 5D tools. And so now that we're at this point, I'm really looking at it and recognizing that it makes absolute sense that at this time, when sort of the entire planet is evolving, everybody on the planet is evolving, and for the most part, the conversation is about moving into 5D, I'm really recognizing that the same tools required to move into 5D are the tools that I use to navigate 3 and 4G. And I have no doubt that they're the same for navigating 5G. Hope that all makes sense there. Yeah. And so for someone who's just tuning in to this and is very new to this kind of conversation, if we could please break down, why don't we start with 5D? Like when somebody's talking, well, you know, five dimension or whatever, like for someone who's very new to this, what does that mean? So as we all know, we live in the third dimension third dimension is anything that has time and space, anything physical. We have to be able to touch it, to see it, to feel it. Whereas 5D is sort of moving this 3D, 4D, and 5D. I describe 3D as really anything that's in the physical that requires time and space. 4D for me is more like the etheric or the emotional, not so much time and space, more time, not so much space, 
but I think of 4D as more the emotional realm. And then mm-hmm. 5D is more the spiritual and the mind-focused realm. In terms of us as humanity moving into 5D, the planet has been evolving. Everything on the planet has been evolving for many, many years. And what the planet is now doing is it's already moved from being a third-dimensional realm through fourth dimensional into a fifth dimensional realm, which basically means it's raising its vibration. And as it does that, us as human beings on the planet have the opportunity to raise our vibration with the planet. So what that looks like is living more heart-centered, more soul-centered. It would be considered more service to, instead of service to self, it's service to one. So Uh think of it more as without polarity, it's more oneness. There's no struggle there's no anger, there's no poverty. It's just sort of just a higher dimensional living and a higher dimensional possibility where we're accessing more and more of our higher dimensional tools. And in order to move in that direction, we're becoming more and more multidimensional beings. I don't know if that was a lot. No, no, that makes total sense. And so I have a question might align with that. Can you tell us about the Schumann resonance? So the Schumann resonance for hundreds of years has been, I believe it was something like 7.8 gigahertz was the the resonance for many, many years. And human beings resonated with the planet at around the same thing. Over the last 20 years, it's been going up. I don't look at it as often anymore, but I know that it's, I hope my numbers are not too way off. Like the last time I remember looking at it, it was in the 20s, but then I hear that sometimes it spikes up into like the 150. So the Schumann resonance has just sort of gone way, way, way up off the charts. And basically, if the planet is resonating at something that's so much higher than we're used to resonating, it really speaks to the need of humanity to raise our vibration and start resonating higher also. So otherwise, we sort of find ourselves out of sync with life, Mm -hmm. with earth, with the planet, with time. So how did you first become aware of these things? I know you have a story, so maybe we could get, was it through your story? More or less. I mean, I was aware of the Schumann resonance long before my story. I was aware of ascension and the planet ascending and 5D, all of this before my story. Basically, in 2010, a number of cell towers were placed on the roof of my building, 25 of them to be exact. 10 of them were over my apartment alone. And within a very short space of time, I started to feel a number of symptoms. Initially, I didn't associate them with the towers, even though... I was told that they were cell towers, but I didn't really know what that meant. I was told that I would get better cell phone reception. I didn't really have a problem with my cell phone reception, but I was fine with that. But back then, nobody really, really knew what cell towers were. But within a very short space of time, I started to experience a number of symptoms. And those symptoms really just kept coming. It was about three months between the towers going up to when I was alerted that it was the towers that were causing these symptoms. Uh, But even once I abandoned my home, the symptoms kept coming. And the symptoms started out as insomnia, headaches, and dizzy spells in my apartment. But over the next six months to a year, those symptoms grew to become symptoms of chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, arthritis, heart palpitations, short and long-term memory loss, severe ringing in my ears, or tinnitus, insomnia. And then I had like trembling hands, right? And so while I didn't have these things, I had the symptoms of all these things that, I mean, trembling hands, they were just trembling. But all of the physical sensations of those issues, they all slowly were showing up for me. And so lucky for me, relatively early on, I started to try and get in touch with people who might know more than I did, because I've lived alternatively for a very, very long time. And so when something like that happens to me, I don't automatically think I need to go to a doctor. In fact, I didn't have a doctor. I hadn't had a doctor in over 10 years. I hadn't seen a doctor in over 10 years. So it's not an automatic thought for me, like I need to see a doctor because something's wrong. I really was trying to figure out what was happening, whether it was emotionally generated from myself or something that was impacting me from my environment. And I'd gone away one weekend actually to teach a workshop at a place outside of the city. And four days at this location was enough to tell me that there was something wrong with my environment at home. And so the minute I stepped back into my apartment, when I came back home, it was just obvious, okay, something is happening with these towers. 
Because you went out and you were like, whoa, and then you came back. That's so interesting. Yeah, That is so perceptive of you. But I also feel so many people have that experience of like, I went camping, I went into nature, whatever felt so amazing. And then come back into the city or their environment. And it's like, you don't know why something shifts, but you just don't put two and two together. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. Like that is happening in a huge way to a lot of people, but they don't know, like just to know the information we're sharing here would make all the difference because they actually just think they're sick and they start seeing doctors and they start going down that rabbit hole, which doesn't often help them. But yes, yeah, so when I returned home and discovered that it was definitely those things on my rooftop, I got in touch with someone named Dr. Magda Havis who was an associate professor at Trent University in Ontario. And this is her area of study. She offered to come to my home and measure what was happening in my apartment because she had already been telling her colleagues that people living in the top floor of apartment buildings were going to get sick because she knew just these towers. And then when I called, it was sort of an opportunity for her to actually go into someone's apartment and do measurements. And so she did that. A couple of weeks later, she showed up at my home with an engineer and proceeded to measure the frequencies in my apartment. And I remember at one point, the first meter he pulled out, he turned it on and the noise just got really loud and then the meter shut off. And we're all sort of standing around going like, what does that mean? And he basically said that it's a protective mechanism that when the exposure gets too high, the machine shuts itself off and he needed to use a bigger machine, a bigger and stronger machine. So that was like standing in my living room. And so he got out this other machine and we'll never forget when he walked outside onto the balcony, pointing to see where the loudest noise was coming from. He walked outside and following the meter, he turned around and looked up at the roof. And when he saw what was on the roof, he ducked and he ran back in the apartment. And so these are things I'd been living under now for a few months and it made this grown man run, right? And so I knew it couldn't be good, right? And so, you know, a long story short, I abandoned my home and spent the next sort of nine months just sort of trying to pick my life back up, which was not an easy feat because there's pretty much nowhere you can go where you're not exposed to these frequencies. And so that started just a whole other journey. So yeah, which I can continue if you have any more questions. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's good to have a background so people can see because I know that background from you. And it's like you did go through this whole thing and it was a sort of awakening. And then that kind of brought you into this. And now you have so many things that you're sharing with the world and offering, which we'll get into. I also feel like you do such a great job as being an educator especially if you have people who are going through these things. Like for an example, I sent an e-blast this morning to our community and I had two people reach out to me that couldn't come today, but said, oh my God, I can't wait to meet this woman because I'm going through this whole thing. And they literally wrote it to me and I'm like, well, you'll hear the podcast, you know, but, and then you can connect with Veronica. So it's really great that you're sharing because there's so many of us. And I think there's also like different levels of it, right? Like somebody could be like having some level and then another level. And so in some way, it's sort of like beneficial to all. Yes. No matter what. That masterclass that you offered to your community and that I went, you shared some really interesting. So if we could, if you don't mind like sharing some of those. For one, like I think on this meeting today, everybody's very familiar with this stuff, but Some people don't understand exactly like the three G's and the five G's and the four G's and well, and four G's now we're going, you know, five G's and like how that can affect and why and with the energy field. But you had a way of explaining that. So maybe we could go a little into that. So, yes. So as I moved through my challenge, I remember getting an appointment to an environmental health clinic. It took 11 months to get that appointment because they were so busy. So in the meantime, I had to start figuring things out for myself. And at the time, the things that were initially suggested to me, I actually couldn't afford. I couldn't even afford to see a naturopath because just the entry point was three to $600 just to sit down and tell them what the problem was before they even start fixing it. And very quickly, I also realized that not a lot of doctors, not even naturopaths really knew what this was. So I didn't have really a lot of options there. The only advice I had been given was that I needed to get away from the frequencies as far as I could, which for a lot of people means 
literally abandoning their homes and going out. I've known people to live in tents for almost a year. I've known people to live in caves. I know a woman who was living up north in a house with no electricity running through it because any current whatsoever was a problem for her. So basically, I was told that you just need to get away from this in order to recover and detoxify your body. And I didn't have any of those options, right? I couldn't even eat as well as one might think you should be eating. And so I sort of had to start figuring some things out for myself. So I went through a number of things. When I was going through it, it wasn't this organized. But now that I'm supporting a number of people through it, I've been able to organize the way I went through it. So I didn't go through it thinking sort of, oh, first I'll deal with 3G, then I'll deal with 4G. It wasn't that organized. It was sort of like just using as many tools as I could find and then paying attention to what worked. And so the way that I break it down is this. A lot of people want to know, can you protect yourself from 5G? So the first answer to that is there is nothing that they have created yet that I know of, that has been tested by someone that I know of, that can protect you from 5G. 5G is very, very different to 3G and 4G. With 3G, and why I really equate it to 3D or the third dimension, is with 3G, you could use, there's a lot of things you could get to protect yourself. Like I, for instance, I still sleep in what's called an RF canopy, which looks like a mosquito net, but it's made of silver and cotton and it's all around my bed. And that keeps out 99.9% of the radiation. No matter where you put it, it's going to keep everything out. There's paint that you can get that you can put on the walls. There's things you can do to detoxify the body, to alkalize your system, to raise your vibration. There's a lot of things you can do physically that can help you with 3G, right? Now, even still, the 5D tools, which I'll come to later, felt necessary, but there's still things you can do physically to physically protect yourself from that frequency. 4G was a little bit stronger. And so while you could still use the same things as you used with 3G, it requires more, right? And so that's when I suggest people move into, like the first one was about physical healing. The second one was about emotional healing. And so that's when we start to do the emotional work, the trauma work, the forgiveness work, whatever we need to do to let go of the past, I always say to forgive everyone and everything and to love everyone and everything, right? So whatever tools, and there's many, many tools. Yoga would be one of those tools. Yoga would work on all of these levels, right? But anything you do to move through whatever emotional processes you need to help yourself stay more aligned, right? So 3G, you could do a lot of things in 3D. 4G, you could do a lot of things in 4D. I still, again, used 5D tools. So what I ended up doing, and I'll jump to that part, is after nine months, I find a home that I moved into. Everywhere that I went to look at before I decided, I took a meter with me and I would measure what was coming into the home from the neighbors or from up the street. And I would do it very discreetly so that the landlords wouldn't think I was crazy. And so what I would do is I kept the meter in my pocket with an earphone just on one side, and I'd walk up to the windows And I'd sort of measure out the windows. And if nothing was coming in, I just assumed it was really good. And so that's what happened with the house that I chose at that time. The sound of radiation was very, very low. So I thought I got a good one. The day that I was moving into the house where I spent more than 10 minutes, my body started to tell me, nope, there's a problem here. And by the time I'd unloaded everything and my friends had gone home and took out my meter, I discovered that it was coming in everywhere except for the windows. And that's because at that time, I didn't know about it then, but the new glass that they're putting on condominiums, especially and homes, if they're aware, is called low E glass and it keeps out radiation. Like you could literally have a screaming banshee of cell towers sitting right outside your window. And if you have low E glass, it's not coming in, right? So it's something that's good for people to know about. I didn't know about it at the time. And so while I was measuring at all the windows where nothing was coming in, it was coming into the walls, the doors, and the ceilings, right? So now here I was in this house where I was absolutely certain that I was going to just die. I actually had to abandon this home again for a couple of weeks until I got the canopy installed so that I could at least sleep somewhere in the home where I was unexposed. On one of the first couple of days after installing the canopy, after my daughter went to school, my daughter was 14 at the time, She went to school and I turned off all the circuits in the house. I sleep with all of the circuits turned off in my house. And I decided I was going to get back in the canopy and try to meditate. I hadn't been able to meditate or do yoga 
for the entire year. And that was because whenever I was on a floor in a home, if there was electrical wiring going through the floor because there was a basement, my body would detect the wiring and I literally felt like I was connected to the wiring. So I couldn't do anything on the floor. If I lay on the floor, I literally would just start buzzing like the wiring underneath me. And then if I tried to meditate by sitting silent, everything just got louder. It's like I could hear the electricity all around it inside of me. So I hadn't been able to do those things. So I tried to sit in meditation on this day and I couldn't. I just started weeping and weeping and weeping and basically having an angry conversation with the creator or God or whatever term we use, just sort of asking why this was happening to me. What did I do to deserve this? Up until that point, I'd been sort of doing all the right things to expand my consciousness to become more of service, to open my heart, to be more forgiving. And so I sort of felt like I was doing all the right things to become a better person. And yet God let my entire life be turned upside down in the middle of a moving highway is what it felt like. And so I was just sort of questioning, like, what did I do to deserve this? And I got guided to come out of the canopy and to get my pendulum. And I'm sure you all know familiar with what a pendulum is. So I came out, I got my pendulum, I got back in and I started to ask questions. The first question I asked was, have I made a mistake moving into this house? And it said, no. And I said, but doesn't it have high radiation? And it said, yes. I said, so is this where I'm supposed to be living? And it said, yes. But doesn't it have high radiation? And it said, yes. So I was initially very confused, like, okay, what, I, this is not making sense to me. And so I kept asking the same questions over and over again. And then I asked the question, could I die in this house? And it said, yes. I said, will I die in this house? And it said, no. And then I said, even though it has high radiation, <laughs> it said, yes. And then I asked, could I thrive in this house? And it said, yes. And so as I started to get those answers, it was like I was getting this download, which was creating a shift on a cellular level. And they say that when you have a shift, it is sustainable and irreversible. And that's what was happening. God was telling me that something bigger was happening than just me and radiation trying to ruin my life. And what I went on to get in that download was that I had nine months to try and get my feet back on the ground, literally and figuratively, and that I already had the tools and that this was the house I was to use those tools in. And I knew exactly what it was talking about. Just a couple of months before, I'd had a workshop approved to teach in elementary schools. And it was a workshop where I taught students how to create affirmations using four steps. And so I knew those were the tools it was talking about. So I got out, I got a piece of pen and paper, and I wrote my first affirmation in relation to the current problem. And over the next couple of months to a year, I continued to create affirmation after affirmation. That affirmation that I wrote was the very first thing that started to make a really significant difference. So anytime I found myself exposed, like I could literally feel my body going into fight or flight. It was literally like my soul was just saying, I'm just going to go sit over here until you're no longer exposed. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's so good to hear you talk about affirmation because you have some of the most powerful magnetic like affirmations that I've ever heard and read and I've told you this before so now knowing where they started I was wondering like how did you start writing these like what is like the core power of affirmation or for you in that moment what did that mean so what it meant to me and what the possibility that it presented was that I could literally speak to my own DNA and have it react differently to whatever I was experiencing in the environment Now, I had been using affirmations before that, but never as committed as this forced me to become. And so even when I abandoned my home, everything I owned went into storage except for a bit of luggage. And I remember keeping uh, two books with me. One was Joe Dispenza's book. Oh, I'm going to forget the name now. Andre, do you know it? You Are the Placebo or Becoming Supernatural? No, it was uh, You Are the Placebo. God, thank you. So I kept that book with me, most of which I had read. And then I also had Bruce Lipton's book. I'm also going to forget the name. So those are the only two books I kept with me, but I really didn't have the mind focus to read. But when I chose to use these tools, one of the things that helped me stay focused was a quote by Joe Dispenza, where he says, the mind is more powerful than biology and the mind is more powerful than science. Don't wait for science to tell you what's possible. Become your own experiment and let scientists come and ask you, how did you do that? 
So that statement really, really kept me going. And I remember not telling anyone that I was involved with during this time period because I thought they're just going to think I'm crazy, right? But I knew it was possible. But until that point, I'd kind of lost hope. And then that just sort of reignited my hope in just a higher dimensional way. And from that day on, I started using affirmations. And that is the most powerful tool that I used. And so in the workshop that I teach that you attended, I give a very solid list of 3D things to do, 4D things to do, and then the list of 5D things to do, which is the most important being affirmations. And that's because most people are not quite ready to jump there. And a lot of the people who come to me who are in crisis around the same problem, in the same way that I really couldn't sit and meditate until I was I had a canopy like nine months later, is the same way that they can't sit around and meditate and use affirmations until they feel some level of safety. And so that first portal where I describe the 3D things to do are really about finding a safe space or creating a safe space or figuring out the things you can do to make your space safer, i.e. turning off your Wi-Fi at night, not sleeping with your cell phone in your bedroom, and just all of the really physical things that you can do to make things better before you start working on using consciousness, right? And so some people can start right there. Some people can start with all three, but for people who are really challenged, it's sort of like they don't really want to hear you say, use an affirmation. I wouldn't. I would have told you where to take that, right? But I know that it is actually the most powerful tool and it trumps all of them. And it really, basically, I couldn't change my environment, right? And even though I continued to do emotional work, using this made it so that I could actually stay in my environment. I don't think I would have survived without doing what I'd done because I was just too vulnerable, too weak. And all of the different things I was experiencing, if I didn't feel like I had some power over it, I actually don't think I would have lived this long. And now not only you've lived this long, but you have so many tools to assist other people who are going through that. So it's really great to see your work expanding in different areas from jewelry to education to private sessions, masterclasses and podcasts. And I know you're in Clubhouse now too. And it's really great to see that expansion in different ways. And I was going to ask you, since we were in the affirmation, could you share one of your And I'm sure you like many of them, but do you have one that you could share with us? I'll share first the most important affirmation. It's a longer one, but when it comes to radiation exposure and for anybody who is nervous about it, like one of the things I say to people who often come to me to talk about this, I often say to them that your fear will kill you before the frequency does right? So a lot of people right now on the planet are super afraid of 5G and I would say you don't need to be afraid of 5G, but you do need to be mindful of it. Meaning if you don't know what it can do to your body, you will have no idea that you're actually navigating it without a steering wheel. I think it's good to be fully aware of it, but not necessarily to be afraid of it. With tools like this, you can transcend that. I have no doubt in my mind. I believe that's what I'm doing. I know that I'm less afraid of 5G. G than anybody that I know, right? Look, I think I've lost your question now. Oh, we were just saying like to mention an affirmation. You said oh, you yes, had a great yes. affirmation to share. So the long one, the one that I'd say was the most important medicine, because I think of words as medicine, goes like this. Exposure to microwave radiation and other forms of electric and magnetic frequencies confirms my body's natural ability to maintain radiant health, strength, and vitality. and reminds me that my body is a divine body and all is well, no matter the environment, the exposure, my genetic makeup, or what happened yesterday, all is well. So that's a really long one. When you're in the throes of being affected by it, it does the job of bringing it back to zero point. Like you literally have just sold your body that no matter what you're exposed to, no matter what frequency you're exposed to, your body remains well. Right. So that was. How do you recommend that someone does an affirmation like that or any other that they're working with? Do you recommend that they repeat it several times out loud or just say it to themselves or it depends or? It it depends on what you're dealing with. Like with that affirmation, I didn't often say it many times, but I said it often when I needed it because sometimes it was just about like that's a bit longer than a, a regular affirmation. Someone actually, I wish I remember what she said. She told me that's not an affirmation. She said that was a whole shift in paradigm around EMFs. It's sort of more than that, but it's definitely a message that you're giving to your system. If it's shorter affirmations, repetition is really helpful, but it really depends what you're dealing with. When someone is really, really ill 
they usually tend to need to use them on more of a regular basis because you're really trying to change a synapsis in your brain. You're literally trying to change like just some neural pathways, right? So repetition is necessary. I think I've seen a video that Joe Dispenza showed. He actually showed what neural pathways look like when you're trying to change them. And so they're sort of wiggling towards each other. And then when you stop the work, they sort of wiggle away again. And when you do the work, they actually connect, right? So and then they that, integrate. Exactly. And then, and then you know you've created a permanent, like a cellular shift, right? And so depending mm-hmm. what it is, Repetition is really good first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Um, With that long affirmation, for instance, I would use that whenever I felt myself exposed because I could feel like when a Blackberry walked into my home, if someone with a Blackberry walked into my home, I could feel it immediately. I would call it and they would go put it in their car. So that wouldn't create a whole lot of fear. But when I used to ride the bus, just going past cell towers, I could feel it. Like anytime I went into fight or flight, basically, I would say that affirmation to myself once or twice, and it literally would shift me back into now, right? But with shorter affirmations, repetition is really good. If you have mala beads, mala beads is the best way to stay focused on repetition because you're saying the affirmation with each bead that you move around. Okay, one more thing. So there's some people who are like, I can totally connect to this. And like, I feel it a lot, like the emails that we've gotten and things like that. And then there's some people that might be thinking, do I even have anything going on with me? Or maybe like, I feel a little off, but I'm not exactly. So what would be very like mild, like very small, if you want to say it like that. Like early symptoms? Yeah, that somebody could be feeling. Because I think those are really important to recognize because if you can recognize something like that right in the beginning and you can be very proactive, you could literally kind of like re-energize, reprogram your whole energy field real fast. Yes, exactly. So I think the early signs might be different for different people, but I think in general, like if someone says to me, I keep getting headaches, if someone says nausea and dizzy spells, insomnia, ringing in the ear is definitely a really early one insomnia, as well as feeling sleepy all the time, feeling tired all the time. For some people, it could be a buzzing or a tingling sensation in their hand, Mm. their arms, their face. I think I said, I don't know if you're there at the very beginning of the masterclass that you came to, but one of the reasons that I really took it online and created that workshop was because of two things that had happened. One was I had a virtual shopping appointment with a customer. I've met her apparently, but I've never really met her in regards to the jewelry. And she was looking to buy some Shungite jewelry and she had had some health issues that she was concerned about, but I didn't really ask her about the health issues. We went through, we did the shopping and then we continued talking. And at some point while speaking about Shungite, I had mentioned the word cancer. And so towards the end of our appointment, she asked me, she said, did you mention cancer around Shungite? And I said, yeah, I said, some people call it the cancer stone. And she told me, she said, oh, because I've had cancer. I think she said she'd had cancer a couple of years ago. She said, that's why I'm concerned about the health issues I'm having right now. So I asked her, well, what are the symptoms you're having right now? And what she said to me was she was getting a burning face and hot and tingling ears. And for me, those are like 100% classic. And so I said to her, I said, is this happening when you're on a phone? And she said, yeah, actually it's happening right now. And I said to her, I said, okay, those aren't symptoms of cancer. I said, I'm not a doctor, first of all. I said, but those aren't symptoms of cancer. I said, that's from being face to face with, it was an iPad. She said she was having it right then and there. And she was talking to me on an iPad. I said, that's what happens when you talk on a cell phone or when you're face to face with technology that's on Wi-Fi. your face can start to burn or tingle. Same with your ears. And she started to tear up because it made so much sense. She's a psychotherapist. And she said, as of April last year, she started seeing all of her clients all day long on her iPad. And she said, that's when it started. So it made so much sense to her that we launched into a whole conversation about EMFs and how she could hardwire. I don't know if you can hardwire an iPad, but how she could hardwire her phone and hardwire her laptop so she doesn't have to be looking at it all day anymore. Right. And That really just reminds me that, Veronica, there's so many people that are at home right now having to work on their laptops and their iPhones more than ever, who are probably having this experience and have no idea what's affecting them. 
right? And then within the same week, I was listening to someone that I listened to online who speaks a lot about Ascension and 5D. She's like a super multidimensional person, right? So she speaks about Ascension symptoms, which I've been aware of for many years. But when I became electro-hypersensitive and I started to see some of the stuff that was coming up about Ascension symptoms, I recognized the similarity. But I thought, you know what? Maybe some people are having it and they live in the desert and there's no Wi-Fi. So I can't say those are EHS symptoms if you're living in the desert and you're having Ascension symptoms, right? Because a lot of people feel good about having Ascension symptoms. It's kind of like a mark of evolution, right? And so sort of like, I'm having Ascension symptoms. It's kind of like, that's really cool, even though they're suffering, right? Because it's just a sign <laughs> yeah. of their system trying to step up, which is a good thing. But yeah. what happened that day was she was talking, and I know she spends a lot of time on a computer speaking to thousands and thousands of people, sharing brilliant information. But in that moment, what she was saying, she was leaning into her computer and she was saying, I'm having these heart pains. I'm having these sharp pains in my heart. I actually feel like I'm having a heart attack. Is anyone else having these ascension symptoms? And I'm listening, thinking, oh my goodness. Like for me, I was just like, no, that's because you're wearing wireless headphones on a wireless computer all day long. But I couldn't say that to her. I have no connection to her. And I thought, okay, you know what? I really need to pay more attention to this because I recognize that a lot of people are walking around having ascension symptoms and sometimes they're just supremely electrosensitive. And if they weren't sleeping with their iPhones under their pillow, their laptops under their bed, we're exposed to it everywhere almost all the time, even times when we can actually control it. And if they're thinking they're having ascension symptoms for like six months at a time, they're suffering for longer than they have to, right? And so the list that I created shows you a list of EHS symptoms alongside the list of ascension symptoms and how much they cross, right? Yeah. So before we are completed today, I definitely want to look at some of the things like the earthing and the salt and the essential oils and shungi. But before we go into that, I want to mention that I met you through this beautiful jewelry line that you have, and I'm wearing it my mala right now. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. I love it. I meditate with it. So Veronica has I Love Isola, iloveisola.com, and it's got so many beautiful crystals, and you do such a great job of pairing too, and so patient, like, you know, we scheduled a private so I could pick the crystal with you on Zoom, and you're an artist, but also it's so much more than that. It's also like medicine, you know, why shungite? We get a lot of that question too about shungite and the crystals and the stones that you use. Okay. Well, um, initially, the only reason I started making jewelry was because when you're electro-hypersensitive, wearing a lot of metal, metal which is conductive, let me start by saying this, radiation is drawn to two things, metal and water. So in any environment, we're generally a large body of water being 70 to 90% water, depending. And then if you're around a lot of metal, both of those things are attracting radiation. So wearing metal against my skin, it was very obvious to me the difference it was making. Wherever the metal was touching my skin, I could notice the radiation more. And so I continued to wear a stack of silver bracelets during this time. And my right wrist was swollen for most of the time. My knuckles hurt because I continued to wear my rings. My jawline hurt wherever I had mercury fillings because I continued to wear earrings. But over time, I slowly started to switch out. And while I do wear metal again, the jewelry that I created was all made with beads. There was not a spot of metal on them initially because I was afraid of metal. I didn't even like zippers and pants, right? And so I started making that really just so I continue to have jewelry without having to wear silver and metal. And I had to find new work. I couldn't go back to the work I used to do. At the time, I did hair for film and television. I had done hair for film and television for 27 years but I could no longer spend time on a film set because it happens to be one of the most electrically toxic places <laughs> that you can spend two months. So I had to figure out something else to do. And initially people were suggesting jewelry making, but I didn't take it very seriously at first until a number of synchronicities really was just spirit guiding me that yes, this is a path you're to walk down. So I started making jewelry out of stones. Shortly after I started doing that, 
I had called an electrician to find out if I could isolate the circuits around my bedroom. As I stated earlier, I sleep with all of the circuits turned off in my house. It is healthier to have no electrical current around you whatsoever, much less radiation, right? So I'd called an electrician to find out if I could isolate the circuits just around my bedroom. I told him why, and he showed up at my home with a pair of Shungite harmonizers. I'd never heard of Shungite. And he says to me, like this electrician says to me, I have something for you. It's like, okay. And he hands me these two black sticks. I take them from him. I'm standing there talking to him. And within a few moments, I literally felt like there was a train running through my body. And I was like, what, what is this doing to my body? What is this stuff? And it was Shungite. And he gave me that pair of harmonizers, told me a little bit about it and said it was really good for radiation. And then I went on to research it. And then uh, once I learned about it, it became a really important part of my jewelry. And over the years that followed, you know, I went from having one piece on a bracelet to having entire bracelets and now to having entire malas. And as you know, I'll often put shungite just in the collar section so that it's against your skin. And just to share a little bit about shungite. So shungite is a stone from Russia, only found in Russia. It's one of the few stones on the planet that has almost the entire periodic table in its chemistry, which is a part of why it's so healing. But that stone has become popular in North America mostly because of its ability to neutralize the effects of radiation and electromagnetic fields. What it does is it changes the atomic spin in the environment in real time and makes the environment more biocompatible. That's a really important stone that I use. And then on top of that, one of the things I do is everything is beaded in a pattern called the Fibonacci sequence, which is something that takes it to a whole other level. They actually say that the Fibonacci sequence is a multidimensional doorway. They say that the Fibonacci sequence speaks the language of our DNA by reminding it of its original fractal blueprint. Like, I feel like I have to go into my whole spiel about the Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Fibonacci sequence is a sacred sequence of numbers that unfolds infinitely in both directions. So it creates an inward and an outward moving golden mean spiral into infinity using a specific numerical pattern. In math, it's the foundation of phi. And in nature, it's often called God's language in numbers because so much of nature unfolds in this very specific pattern. So for instance, a rose gets one petal, then one, then two, three, five, eight, the nautilus shell, the pine cone, the sunflower, and the branching of many trees and flowers. But most importantly is the spiral of our DNA. So the spiral of our DNA is a golden mean spiral of which the Fibonacci sequence is the foundation of. Right. And so again, they say the Fibonacci sequence speaks the language of our DNA and reminds it of its original fractal blueprint. And that when our DNA is exposed to this pattern in any form, it has a healing and resonant effect. So whether you're looking at it, meditating on it, or it's hanging on your wall or under your pillow, it's putting out a frequency that's good for your mind, your body, and your environment. And I actually call it nature's stem cell because it actually reminds your DNA how to repattern itself, which is, I think, supremely important. So I think it has a lot to do with just the healing force that the jewelry has become. Yeah, it's a healing force. I love that you say it like that. And you can really feel that it's a healing. I mean, your jewelry is beautiful and I'd love for everyone to check it out. What is the Instagram again? I love Isola. And then the website is iloveisola.com. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go into a few of these and I'll open for questions, maybe like earthing and the salts, if you want to share that or essential oils. Because I think earthing is so important. Like if you're inside, we just spoke about people working on their computers. I'm one of those online all day. We do need to get out. We need to get out sometimes. So I'd love to hear your perspective on earthing too, because I teach that a lot for people to try to ground. Yeah. Earthing and grounding, like the way you're speaking of it, I really am in line with just walking barefoot on the ground. Sometimes walking barefoot in a basement uh, will suffice Mm -hmm. where there's no wiring underneath you. But earthing and grounding, when I think of earthing, I think of the whole movement of earthing, you know, the book that came out, which I remember reading the book when I was going through this, which is the most brilliant thing. And because of it, I'd started going to a really huge park we have in, in Toronto here. And I'd walk around in there for a couple of hours barefoot, right? So there's numerous ways to ground, whether you can really walk barefoot outside in nature or just in your backyard is one thing, but visualizing yourself grounding, there's many ways to ground. Your foods can ground you, stones can ground you, even fabrics can ground you, but you can also ground with consciousness. So that's a really important thing. 
I'm glad you brought up visualization because this is a really important thing. And, you know, sometimes there are situations that someone cannot get out of a hospital bed or cannot get out of. And visualization, as you know, it's the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. And like up here in Toronto, where it's just snow and freezing outside, we can't step on the ground outside, you know, during this time. I can walk barefoot in my basement. But yeah, so using that, speaking of oils, even, I've been a big fan of Young Living Oils, and they have an oil called Grounding. And I remember having that oil throughout this time and using it every day, like putting it on the base of my feet, putting it on my hands and and breathing that in. And you really felt a difference? You really felt the shift? There's only one thing that I can ever say that I experienced, actually more than one thing, where the shift was almost immediate for me, right? One was holding shungite. There's never been a stone before or after shungite that when I held it, it was like, oh my God, what is this? And I know a lot of people have that experience with a lot of stones because they're that sensitive, right? Which is a beautiful thing. Shungite is something that I had that much of a different experience with. The other things were oil pulling and soleil drinking. So oil pulling is something that I did. So that's one of the things that fits into the 3D, just the 3D things to do. Oil pulling, which I'd recommend that people Google. I have a website I'll tell you about after also. Well, you can tell us now that other web, because that website's amazing too, which is... Oh, so the other website is sogrounded.com. And I'll include all that on the show notes as well. But it's spelled S-O-W-E grounded.com. And what I'm about to tell you is actually based on the S-O-W-E. So the S-O-W-E stands for salt, oil, water, and earth. So the salt is the soleil drinking. It's called soleil drinking, S-O-L-E. And I suggest again, people Google that or this on this website, there's a whole page about soleil drinking. Oil pulling, which was a really important thing that I still do, especially if I start to feel like I'm anything out of sorts, which is very rare for me. But if I even start to feel like I'm getting a sore throat or anything, I'll oil pull and it's almost done within less than a day. I really just don't have anything to do with oil pulling. Water, the W, for me, it's about drinking the best kind of water you have access to. If we remind ourselves that our body is such a high percentage of water, the better the water that you're putting in or the better the water that you're retaining, the more healing it's going to be. So speaking to your water, I have a habit that I developed in that I still use, which is eat when I'm drinking my water. With each gulp, I say, I love you. I thank you. I love you. I thank you. I love you. I thank you. I love you. It's a strange one, but it's really it's just amazing. Sort of, yeah, but it's really just changing the okay. vibration of the water as yeah. it's going into my body. Another thing you can do is so like, you see my glass of water here, I have three pieces of shungite in it. So yes. shungite in your water just makes it healthier water. I won't go into all of the details of that. I do that every day. We have a bottle that's with shungite and every day we put spring yes. water in it. It's yeah. amazing. That's great. So all the things that you can do to make the water the best water you can consume. So that's the S-O-W-E. In terms of other physical things, just looking at a list here to see if there's anything. So anything you can do to purify your home. So if you have Wi-Fi in your home, if the least you can do is turn off the Wi-Fi at night, it's going to make a huge difference. It's going to take away, you know, eight to 12 hours or however long you spend asleep of exposure to something that's right in your own control, not sleeping with your cell phones in your bedroom and not using them as alarms. Like all of those things will lower your exposure immediately even just at nighttime. Nutrition, anything to do with nutrition, anything that's alkalizing, just all the various ways of eating. I have my list here, but I don't have the details of all of those things. Yeah, so basically detoxifying. Why don't we say like, okay, so if somebody wants to keep studying, I know we're going to have show notes. If you want to even give it to me after, I can always link and update it, but it'd be great for them to connect with you after. They can just message me like on my website at the bottom of the website. I haven't really built it out yet, but there is a way to connect with me if they wanted to do a one hour one-on-one about EMFs or there's other tools that I share. So the work that you were present for, I'm sort of going into deeper and deeper layers of that. I am going to be trying to do that presentation once a month for free right? And so you'll find out about that as soon as that's happening. But once a month, I'm going to be doing that presentation for free. 
And that's going to give them a lot of information. Generally, who I hear from is people who are actually going through it or who are really concerned for either themselves or their family, right? But the one presentation alone is going to give them a lot of information and a lot of things that they can follow up on. And then they can connect with me after they need more support with that. You know, I wanted to share something interesting because people had on and off told me, oh, get these salt. I read it on your website about the salt lamps too. And people were always telling me, you know, oh, salt lamps. My best friend in California lives in Topanga. She loves salt lamps. And I was always like, oh, whatever. No, it's fine. I mean, I love crystals, you know, I love this, but I just never got, it's like, oh, that's such a hippie thing. It was just so funny because like, I'd say like four or five months ago, I was out somewhere and I got really inspired and I bought two salt lamps for my home. And at night, now we turn them on in the evening when the sun goes down. And I can tell you guys all here that it's been a crazy shift to Mm -hmm. the better. Mm -hmm. Like it reminded me when you were saying when you touch Shungite and you felt that, that's Mm kind of what the salt lamp is doing for me. Like literally my whole system is calming my partners too. I even can feel my animals like super calm. I just love the salt lamp. Like we have two now. I want to get a couple more and it's a Himalayan salt lamp. And I'm like, what did I not believe that? You know, before? <laughs> what it's doing in the environment. And you know what? The same experience you described of feeling just sort of calmer. That's actually experience I had when I started drinking the Soleil, which is made with Himalayan salt. You make a brine water with Himalayan pink salt, and mm-hmm. then you take a tablespoon of that brine in a glass of water every day. And what that does for your entire system, it's got something like 70 to 90 of the minerals that the body is required is in this Himalayan salt. And so when you drink it, you're like bathing your entire system. It repairs cellular damage, particularly in the brain. And so what you're experiencing from the salt lamp on the outside you can continue to experience by trying like drinking the Soleil. I'm going to do that. I actually was doing that a couple of years ago. So I still have the Himalayan salt and stuff because one of my girlfriend is a big advocate of that. And you drink it first thing in the morning. So I'm actually, I got inspired when I read your article on it and I'm going to start doing that too. Well, thank you so much. But before, I just want to see if anyone wants to, we can open maybe like another, you know, eight minutes or so for some questions or 10 minutes. You guys want to ask Veronica any questions? To continue listening to this episode's Q&A with our school's teachers, go to your members portal at nataliequa.com forward slash members hyphen portal. Not a member yet? Join our membership program for all access to our digital library, where you'll find masterclasses, workshops, yoga classes, meditations, yoga nidra, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, send it over to someone who can benefit from this conversation. Share the love with a friend, a family member, co-worker. Thank you for listening to Life on Earth podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a five stars review. Email natalie at lifeonearthpodcast.com. A screenshot of your five stars review and as a big thank you, we will gift you Natalie's 21 Days Yoga Challenge online course. For more info, check out our show notes. We are sending you so much love.